Welcome everybody, this is Tap Out Talk. I'm your host, Brian, the Hype Ballard, and I'm back at it with the Survivor Series 2023 results and thoughts. Guys, let's jump in. Let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about. Tonight, we're going to discuss a couple things about the Survivor Series. We're going to discuss the returns. We've got Randy Orton making his debut return to Does He Look Jacked. He looks big as ever. He's been hitting the gym. But a little bit of ruining that hype is going to be none other than CM Punk making his unbelievable, some surprising, some not return to the WWE. Very controversial indeed. You guys like watching a lot of commercials during your PLEs? Well, Survivor Series had you covered with a lot of Slim Jim, a lot of potato chip battles from the couch. But most importantly, let's kind of talk about the Royal Rumble winner that is now in the WWE. The main event of WrestleMania is going to be set now. And it has nothing to do with Cody Rhodes, at least for one night. Well, guys, I want to just start out. Let's talk a little bit about this whole CM Punk thing. I feel the need to get that out of the way right away at the top of the program here. So, um, I want to get, I went to the community. I went to the Twitterverse, the Xverse, and I asked you guys because I needed your help. I needed your thoughts. I had such conflicting feelings about this return of CM Punk. And here's what you guys in the community are thinking. By the way, if you guys want to connect, follow each other, let me know. Uh, it's at the Brian Adkins on Twitter X. But I asked the question, very simple. You guys really care. I need your thoughts on the return of Survivor Series. And I had a picture of CM Punk. And my buddy James, shout out James, I know you're listening, states he takes Cody's place on Raw. Cody now can move the SmackDown. To go after Roman once again and allow Cody to finish the story. I could see that happening. James, uh, check J- my buddy James out. X Zero Beast. At Zero Beast. Um, at Real Dan Sinden. Dan Collin, he says, hey, it's cool. He's a needle mover. But he comes at, with a little bit of excessive baggage. You guys think that um, he does generate a lot of buzz, right? We, we're talking about him. I'm talking about him. He does move the needle. I'll give him credit for that. What does this do? Does um, he come with a lot of baggage? And can the WWE handle that baggage? Sarah Golding, Execution 84. One of my friends out on Twitter. She says, to be honest, I'm a, it's a bit of a mental more in shock than anything else. I got to agree, Sarah. Um, I was shocked. I can't believe they pulled the trigger on it. I did not think it would be Survivor Series. I thought... He was kind of in their back pocket and had all the control. I guess the second city saying in Chicago was just too much to keep away. I had High Own Wrestling tweeting at me. I personally don't care for him, but it is what it is. I hope he doesn't destroy the locker room. I feel it, guys. There's a lot of pressure there. And the WWE, I don't think, you know, I do think he'll be on a short leash there. I do think that... They're going to have to keep him on a short leash with this being such a recently merged publicly traded company. Alyssa Kirami Tokasaki. I'm very shocked to see him back, although 
I'm pretty excited to see him back. I'll have to wait and see how they book him. From this point going forward, I 100% agree, Alyssa. Um, I'll be doing the same myself. I'll be interested to see the narrative, the story. Punk has a way of get, hooking you with words. I'll have to kind of see where this goes myself. Um, Dark Scales had a lot of things happening all at once with bodily fluids. Um, but it was in a positive manner. I just had to laugh. It was good, good comment there. Um, Jameer, I barely watch WWE, so he does. I don't care. If it'd be on AEW, I'd lose my shit. It's a good point. Especially, wouldn't that have been the ultimate swerve job if he went back to AEW? That relationship really was that bad. Hey, uh, Michael Floyd Hardy. My attitude was always, why not? Yeah, it's a good open-minded approach, man. I'm curious to see where this goes myself, and uh, I got to give credit, you know. Why not? I mean, the worst thing is, is maybe we get some good matches this time around. Maybe we get to see a little more. Uh, DRB4L. Dylan, I was surprised that he returned. I thought he was going to stay retired, but now he's returned to WWE. I wouldn't mind seeing Punk versus Finn Balor at WrestleMania. That's an interesting note. Um, I think they could put together a fun match. I also think Seth Rollins is going to be a play in this one as well. Kane. Kane believes that he'll be fired in six months. Unfortunately, it could be true. You never know with the talk what he brings. Uh, Anthony, my buddy, if it bleeds, X4. Longtime friend of Twitter. Um, he says, I sure am excited. I sure do. He was the only reason I watched AEW. That's a good point. There's a lot of good reasons to watch AEW. You know, I still got to like a lot of things going on there. But I see what you're saying. He did draw people in really well. Um, you know, a couple other you guys. I can't read them all. There was a lot here. But, um, you know, Erica Malarkey. Hey, it sucked. Drew got kind of dicked over. And I hate Orton and Punk. Yeah, I mean, Drew, this was supposed to be kind of a bigger return for him. And he's kind of an afterthought. I got to see that point there. Uh, a lot of you guys think, no, it's not excited to see Punk back. I've also got um, Chokeslam Wrestling. I really don't care because this guy's a hypocrite. But when he does face Roman, I'll be watching to see him get beat by Reigns. Yeah, Roman Reigns will bury him in the WWE. I'll say it now. They're not going to throw away one of the longest title reigns in history for the likes of CM Punk. Trust and believe that. Nikki underscore LFC. A star is back in the big leagues, as always. It's good news. Yeah, it's a very good point. You know, and I'm going to... I really like your take there on that, Nikki. It's a very good point, you know. I'm going to keep the biggest open mind with this. But man, it's a short leash with me too, you guys. Hey, uh, Keith G. Fleming Sr. Yeah, Keith, um... He said that it killed Orton's return. Yeah, it kind of did. I was excited, and I almost tweeted out, we didn't need this. Randy was enough for me. I don't know about you guys, but I was excited to see Randy back, and he is jacked. Man, it was good to see the Viper back in the ring. Hey, Johnny Sky, I liked your comment. I absolutely care. I wanted to see him since I was 12 years old to see him back in WWE. Never gave up hope, and it finally happened. I'm excited. I'm so happy for you, Johnny. Um, it's very cool. And, you know, as fans, we should enjoy what we get to see. So I'm glad to see that this is going to bring some people some happiness. And hopefully we do get to see what we want to see. And we are disappointed. I, I'm just, I'm fearful 
of that piece, and I just I hope that does not happen. Um, you know, I did think Juan Gonzalez, I agree with you, I did think he was going to replace Randy at one point when Randy's music would hit. I thought it was going to see CM Punk's maybe. It popped in my head a little bit, but I said, nah, they can't, they're not going to bring him back. Um, you know, a lot of you guys, Matthew James, you're buzzing, right? Uh, Harold Kilgore, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you guys got a lot of good replies on there for me. Um, Air Jordan, 1987. It's kind of whack, honestly. He bites himself in the ass everywhere he goes. There's tons of guys in the locker room that don't like him, and I think this will do more damage internally than anything. This might be an early Christmas gift to Tony Khan. Never know. I mean, I remember Triple H saying and commenting when he went to AW, good, he's their problem now. Well, at the end of the day, Triple H is doing what's best for business. And I like the way Hunter posted it in the post-conference and how he said, you know, I am going to do what the fans would want. And I think that shows a lot of growth and maturity by Hunter. So, um, hey, Doug. Doug, who always shouts me on Twitter. Um, Doug, that's it, Suds. I always like Punk, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, Doug. I mean, you know, again, I want you guys to be happy with what you're watching. Griff's give me a thumbs down on it. He definitely does not like the punk being back. So as you guys can see, uh, man, we got some mixed feelings on this one. One thing with uh, definitely that's true, though, it's going to create controversy. And it's the old adage of Eric Bischoff used to say, does controversy create cash? Guys, let's go through the rest of the night. Um, and I'm going to give you some more thoughts on punk at the end of the night. But, you know, it's almost hard to talk about anything else at Survivor Series now. But there is a lot of other cool things that happened on this card that I do want to talk about. And there's some disappointments, too. But let's get in. So, we've got the War Games match that started out the show. And i got to be honest with you guys. This matchup was hot from the beginning. It got me excited about what War Games was. This was the weapons War Games. And they went very weapons heavy with the women on this one tonight. And I'm okay with that because it differentiated from the main event men's war games. So I think when you have two war games on the show, you have to find ways to find it different. They had weapons. They had tables. They had ladders. No, no, sorry, no ladders. But they had tables. They had chairs. They had trash cans. Oh, my. They had kendo sticks. Lots of kendo sticks. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, Becky starts off for Team EST. And Bailey is the first person to start off for her team for damage control. You get the feeling that Bailey is kind of the odd one out here as we're all speculating. Bailey starts with some strikes, but Becky fights back and sends Bailey into the corner. They wind up on the top rope fighting over position. Becky tosses Bailey and misses, misses a flying nothing, and then they just start trading strikes for a bit. So yeah, these two kind of start out. Then, at next point, we get Shotzi coming into the ring. So we now got a two-on-one situation as she gets the advantage for her team. You know, fast forward a little bit, we get some victory roll spots. Shotzi sets up some chairs, launches herself off of it, hits a cannonball onto Bailey. Bailey rolls to the other side of the ring. Shotzi tries a suicide dive between both ropes, but Bailey catches her with a cutter. A little prelude for later with the cutters that are hit by Orton and Rhodes. We got Becky who has... Um, a stick, kendo stick now, and she and Shotzi catch Bailey between the ring and whack her before Bailey climbs to the top of the cage. And we are given a reminder in this. If you escape, I always ask this, if you escape, 
the cage before. Your team is automatically disqualified before all participants are in the ring. It was a nice job of the announcers tonight, Michael Cole, to bring that up. I love and I pay attention to when there's a good narrative and explanation. And we got to think of that not just for these long-term fans like you and I, but for the casual watchers that may be chiming in. And maybe somebody has watched their first War Games match. I got to say, if this is your first War Games match, it's not a bad one to start out with. Uh, we get EO bringing in some chairs from under the ring when she jumps in. And then later on, Belair brings really no weapon in. But you know what? She's got her hair in two braids tonight, and she starts just whacking everybody with her hair. I asked somebody, you know, tonight, one of the female people, I, I said, does it actually hurt when you get hit with hair that long? She told me no. Girls, let me know. Maybe you had a different experience. I'm sorry if you did have an experience where somebody smacked you with your hair. So then we get Kyrie joining the fray. Kyrie does this weird marching as she walks down to the ring. Didn't really like that. I, I kind of felt like in, in war games, there's a little more urgency when your team is getting the crap beat out of them. I think you want to get in there and help your team. She kind of took her good old time. Kind of happened in the guys match a little bit too. So we've got Becky and Belair grabbing chairs into everyone. Kyrie cuts that off and damage control lays chair shots. Charlotte then grabs no weapons and she just charges in. That's what's up, queen. I can tell you got wrestling in your blood. There's chops for Kyrie and EO and then an attempted fall away slam into the cage on Kyrie. But it kind of hits the ropes instead. EO tries a hurricane rod on Charlotte, but Charlotte catches her and power bombs her into the cage. It looked like that hurt. Her head dragged all the way down the cage. They didn't show the replay. Makes me realize it might hurt more than we thought. Charlotte grabs EO on the shoulders later. Uh, we get a lot of back and forth. A lot of just pandemonium in the match. But ultimately, we do get Bailey doing some elbow drops on Charlotte. We get a Kyrie Sane cool elbow drop in this matchup too on some chairs. That was kind of cool. But ultimately, we get some stare downs between Charlotte and Becky. Guys, I told you Survivor Series plants the little seeds, right? Survivor Series plants seeds of what they're going to do at Mania. Book it now. The man Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. I'm calling my shot. That's going to be your matchup for Mania. It's got to be bigger than life. Flair, Lynch, one-on-one. -on -one. Bailey shoves Kyrie out of the way of a Charlotte Spear. And then Shotzi goes for a senton. And Belair then hits the kiss of death to Bailey. The table is up. Becky's on the ropes and Belair hoist the body up for Becky to hit an avalanche manhandle slam through the table. And that's the end of it. One, two, three. 33-minute mark, 33-36 seconds. We've got Team EST climbing to the top of the cage. Very good opening match. The Chicago crowd, you're hot as always. Can't say enough about you guys. You guys didn't need CM Punk to be a good crowd. You guys are always a good crowd. But we get on to the backstage segment. This is where we get into sponsorship. Yeah, we got a sponsorship. So, biggest return of the night, as Triple H joked in the post-conference, R-Truth. We've got R-Truth, the biggest return of the night. It's kind of funny. Um, and he's there, and he's arguing with a bunch of people on the couch. we got Chelsea Green, Piper Niven, everyone. 
At least everyone that doesn't have a match tonight, it seems. Arguing over potato chips. Because Ruffles is a sponsor. We get Akira Tazawa, I think he was in there. But, yeah, I mean... Alright, we gotta get the potato chip spot. This won't be the only night that we see the shameless promotion and the sponsorship. That's fine, do your quick skits. There's a lot of commercials in tonight's show. Anthony and I were talking about that on Twitter X. That was a little much for me. But let's get on to the next matchup. And that is the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther versus Team Bro Ohio, The Miz. We got some circling to start this matchup. The Miz lands a leg kick. Gotta, gonna be honest with you, when Miz started kicking these leg kicks, the way he was kicking them tonight, I seen a little bit of a nod of CM Punk-like kicks. I think that was the Miz's way of saying he's made peace with Punk. There was a report that Punk was backstage and tried to make peace with Miz about a year ago. But ultimately, I think that was Miz's way of just kind of nodding at him. I did get Punk vibes when I seen those kicks, and I, I kept pushing it out of my head all night. Should have trusted my gut. So eventually, they do tie up, and Gunther forces things into a corner. Then Miz avoids a chop and lands one to Gunther. He no-sells, and it just kind of stalks him again. Gunther's a monster. He's a beast, right? It's going to be take more than a few kicks to take him down. Miz kicks Gunther to avoid a single Boston leg. Miz tries to attack when the strikes are back. Gunther into the corner. Slap for Miz. Gunther is pissed and chases Miz around the ring. It makes me wonder in this matchup. So, there was a point in the match where I was starting to believe that Miz just might be the one to break the streak. Be very Miz-like. Be nice for Mike to get that kind of heel heat. Breaking the streak of Gunther so Gunther can move on to other things. I'm going to tell you guys about that. But ultimately, we get another boot from Gunther. He poses for the crowd, enjoying the booze. They're selling this really good. Miz counters with a powerbomb and a Hurricane Rada and kicks the leg of Gunther a few, few times. You've got to chop down a redwood tree that's Gunther. You're going to have to take out, you know, one swinging axe at a time. The Miz with more kicks in the corner. Gunther chops away at him. Miz comes off the rope around with a DDT for a one and two. Gunther chops away at the Miz, keeps going. Gunther avoids the skull cushion finale. And he turns to Miz with a folding power bomb, but the Miz kicks out at one and two. Some stomps from Gunther as he tries the sleeper, but it's the Miz that's able to fight the ropes and remove a covering turnbuckle in which we thought this was gonna be the end of it. We get a low blow while the ref puts, uh, tries to put the turnbuckle back. This is a skull-crushing finale from The Miz, but Gunther kicks out at one and a two of the skull-crushing finale finisher of Mike Mizanin, the eight-time Intercontinental Champion. The Miz tries it again. Gunther counters it into a sleeper again, but gets rammed in the buckle. Miz then does a pin-out of the sleeper, kind of Bret Hart from 97 Stone Cold match in Survivor Series. I'm, no, sorry, not 97. I'm trying to remember what year that was. But I will say... It did remind me of Austin and Stone Cold. They start trading strikes and Gunther hits a lariat on the Miz. Gunther splashes up to the top, but Miz doesn't like that and then goes for a Boston Crab. The Miz reaches for the ropes. Gunther pulls them away and turns it into a Boston Crab type Chris Jericho style, almost like the Lion Tamer. And he gets the tap at the 12 minute mark. 
still your dominant Intercontinental Champion, Gunther. Guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. Gunther is the real deal. In my opening of this review, I said the main event of WrestleMania has arrived tonight, and it is Gunther. Gunther will be challenging for a championship at WrestleMania. It starts like this. A long Intercontinental title reign. Gunther's had one of the best, most iconic Intercontinental title reigns since Bret Hart. Also, don't forget his Royal Rumble appearance last year. Going from very early in the match all the way to the end with a very lengthy time in the Rumble. WWE's going to remember that one year later, and I've said it. There's a lot of guys that usually will show up one year later in those kind of situations. Everybody's focusing on Cody. Don't be surprised if it's Gunther. I look for Gunther to challenge Seth Rollins in your main event of WrestleMania for the World Championship. I do believe Cody will go on to go for Roman. So, with that being said, the return of CM Punk tonight, could that hurt Gunther's chances at push? Maybe. I don't think the WWE is going to be overly committed to him outside of some matches. I don't think they're going to put him ever, you know, in the title picture. Or it'll be a very long time. But guys, I will say this. Uh, the Miz also, part three of this, my theory. The Miz is always the doorway to the main event. He's the testing ground. And Gunther made a very good post-conference promo. Saying that he ultimately believes... That Miz does belong in the ring, just not with him. So guys, I do believe Gunther is up for big things. Next we get a little bit of a cooldown match. Very short affair between Santos Escobar. Cardino is injured, so we got Dragon Lee from NXT jumping up to defend the honor of the LWO in this one. I like the Escobar heel turn. I like that. This was meant to be kind of a squash match for Escobar. That's fine. He needs to build himself up a little bit as the heel. We get a lot of um, quick two counts right away. We get a double knees in the corner from Escobar, and then he tosses Lee out of the ring. Out of the ring, we get Escobar tossing Lee into the ring steps. Lee's legs um, in between you know, uh, some of the steps. We get Lee that fights back with some elbows on the apron. We get a super kick from Escobar. So get a lot of back and forth in this one. But at the end of the day, it only lasts about eight minutes. We get Lee who runs off. Um, into a stiff looking super kick on both men are down. They start trading elbows now. Escobar then lands more than trades a knee strike before Lee avoids a clothesline. Lee and Escobar had to work to save that spot and both men uh, did give credit to them. Escobar avoids the Operation Dragon and hits a Canadian Destroyer. That's what that move is. That's a Canadian Destroyer. I forget what they called it. They called it a South Under Sun, uh, Somerset or something like that. Keep me honest, guys. Throw it in the comments. I'll have to rewatch it. Uh, then the Phantom Driver to get the win. Again, Escobar in about the eight-minute mark. And then once Escobar gets the win, we get another commercial or in promotion, I should say, for Slim Jim. Got a history of wrestling. Ooh, yeah. We get the new guy arriving in a Slim Jim branded car. Shout out to Kimberly Ford. The queen manager of TNA. She tweets out. I had to retweet her. Thank you, Kim. Uh, lots. Why is there a bunch of 69s on the hood of this car? 
you guys look at my Twitter at the Brad Atkins. Just check that out. It's kind of funny. Or check out Kimberly Ford. Uh, but she, I, I, one, I don't know why she was thinking like that. She looked in. I was like, dang, that is real. What's up with all the 69s on the Slim Jim hood of the car? It's a little funny. Um, but ultimately, you know, they eat Slim Jims. The new day arrives. That's about the end of that. I guess we got to have it, right? They're paying the bills. Then we get to the Women's World Championship match. Man, Rhea Ripley's a champion, isn't she? We got Zoe Stark. Nobody's blaming Zoe Stark if she's losing to a great champion like Rhea Ripley. I told you guys before, I've got so much respect for Rhea Ripley. She didn't work out originally, went on the indies, completely reinvented herself, came back from a knee injury. Man, the rest is history. She's one of the best things going on. I like championship defenses like this intermittently. It gives a rub to girls like Zoe Stark, but it also gets Rhea Ripley a little bit of a defense just to keep the legacy going. It's hard to believe she's only had that title less than a year. Mania last year she won it against Charlotte. And I'll be honest with you, it feels like she's had that title for so much longer, but it's been good. She's good. So we get some trash talk originally as this match starts out. The crowd's very pro-Ripley, I mean, as they should be. And then we get, you know, some diving to the floor. We get back in the ring then. And then we hit a springboard drop kick for a one. Hit a two. And then we get an apron now and then. Uh, and then they fight over a suplex. Start fights free. We get a lot of back and forth again. We get an electric chair drop spot. Um, we get some headbutts from Ripley. Um, like I said in this one, I could feel like Ripley was kind of not trying to do anything crazy here, but also not trying to do anything slow. So she's very moderately paced in this one. We do get some, uh, you know, some uh, victory roll at one point from Stark, and then a, and then she gets um, she gets only a two count out of that victory roll, and then she kicks Ripley and tries a German suplex, but Ripley fights free with an elbow. We get a Northern Lights suplex, and then Stark um, at this point, you know, eggs are on a little bit. And then we get the riptide, but Stark slips free and hits a German suplex. Then a running knee for the one and a two. But Ripley blocks the Z360, and they trade strikes before Ripley hits the riptide and wins at the nine-minute mark. Rhea Ripley still your world women's championship, as it should be. We, this won't be the last we see of her tonight. We're going to see her in the main event. Hey, before we get to that main event, I just want to say like, share, subscribe. Thank you, guys. If you guys just hit the like button on this, it helps me out so much. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Also, I'm grateful for you guys over on Twitter, on X. Let's talk. Let's talk wrestling always. Relax and enjoy yourselves. It's the best part of the IWC. Check out the Wrestling Fans Insight over on thefansofprowrestling.com. And if you have a podcast and you want to maybe be a part of the team someday, you know what? Hit us up. Let's talk. You know, let's make sure we're right for each other. But I tell you what, we want to be a community of podcasts over at thefansofwrestling.com. And we get to the main event, the War Games match. Can't believe there was only four matches on this card tonight. Two of them, War Games matches. That's okay, though. No, I'm sorry, five matches on this card. But ultimately, uh, we get Balor going to start things off for Judgment Day. And then we get the smart choice, really, because, you know, Finn is the leader, right? And Rollins heads down for the for the uh, the faces in here. Rollins comes down, so you got Rollins and Balor. These two got history. I like that choice. It's a very good choice to play on the history and the feud these guys had over the summer. So I like that starting out in the matchup. 
Rollins jumps across the space in between the rings. At one point, he does kind of take a smack on that. Uh, we get strikes from Rollins and Balor, and some, we get some audible CM Punk's chanting. Uh, there was a backstage segment earlier tonight where Sami Zayn, where the CM Punk chant started, and he had to ignore it. Crowd was very hot for Punk. It should have been. It's Chicago, right? Rollins bounces Balor off of the cage for a few times, and he gets a crowd to sing his theme. And then he cuts off the chance. Balor avoids a buckle bomb. Lands a clothesline. So then we get, again, there was some more CM Punk chants. You can really hear it from this group. So at this point, Rollins hits a pedigree, but Balor backs away out of it. And then we get, a, you know, Rollins again going back and forth. Get more CM Punk chants. And then we get JD McDonough into the match. And so we got a little bit of action there. Uh, the matchup for me in this one didn't have his weapons like the girls match. That's fine. That needs to be differentiated. But did run a little slower in the beginning for me. And I found myself, even though I liked the match, I found myself waiting for where they were going. I was waiting for the go-home moment. Truth is, I want to see Randy Orton. It's been such a damn long time. I want to see Legacy go at it in the ring. We were worried if uh, he was going to make it or not. You know, we get Damian Priest enter in the ring. We also get we get a little Drew McIntyre enter the ring. And I got to give credit. There was some nice comparisons with Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest. Nice little, you know, dual power slam. Made me realize that those two are kind of equal. So we keep going in this matchup as we get some nice spots there. And then eventually we get down to... Rhea Ripley making her way down to the ring as all the competitors are in the ring except for one. She's got the Money in the Bank briefcase. Damian Priest, he's in the cash-in. Rhea cannot get just as the cash-in happens. I hear voices in my head. Randy Orton gets a huge ovation from the crowd. Randy comes out and he looks, like I said, he looks jacked. He's been hitting the gym. Looks like he's put on a lot of mass in a good way. Randy kind of plays to the crowd, plays to the camera, enters the ring, beats up Dom for a bit, power slams uh, in for Dom and JD McDonough. These are great guys just to kind of feed the, you know, Randy. And then we get a hanging DDT for Balor. Drew and Randy stare down each other. Wow, good play on history. So we did two things in this match. We played really well on Rollins and Balor and their history. And now we played really well on... Randy Orton and the history that he has with Drew McIntyre. Remember their ambulance match? 2020? I tell you what. So I will say that was very nice psychology by WW Play. And then they said things have changed a lot since Randy's been out. So at this point, we get all of Team Cody just going at it with Judgment Day. All battling like crazy in the ring. Pandemonium's going wild. They're breaking free. We then get really good storytelling with Randy Orton once again. And Randy starts talking and looking at Jey Uso. And we're reminded that it was Jey and his brother Jimmy that put Orton out of action. Great storytelling. I love when WWE gets it right and they don't think that we're ignorant and they let the storylines continue. Jey's looking a little worried, but then he super kicks just missing Randy and hits the opponent. So then at that point, we get 
a little more of just the back and forth. Randy looks like he's forgiven Jay for now. Mark my words, that's going to end up being a feud. Maybe not a mania, but maybe a little sooner. That might be a Royal Rumble type feud. It's a way, too, to get Jay something to do. Randy stands below them. Um, and then at this point, he calls for a toss. Uh, so Randy can show off his timing once again. He catches a very sick RKO. Priest eats the crossroads. So Randy hits an RKO perfectly out of nowhere. Then we get Priest that takes the crossroads from Cody Rhodes. One, two, and three. 34 minute mark. We're done. The good guys have won. It's a great celebration. Great return. It was nice seeing the Viper. And this was a good safe match for him to return. Make sure that, you know, he can test out his body. Make sure, work off any rust. I think War Games was the perfect time for him to return. Um, him and Cody celebrate. Nice to see Legacy teamed up. I like that they played that he might not show up. Not gonna lie, I did kind of think at one point that he might be the replacement for Orton. And I thought we were gonna get Punk's music. But didn't come to fruition. I was okay with that. I was happy. We're going off the air. I looked at the clock and I said, ooh, we still got a little time to give. But I said, nah, they own their network, basically. They can leave the air when they want. Then, just as we get a little bit of a troll, we get going off the air. We get the Survivor Series logo. They start to pan the camera out. And none other than CM Punk's music hit. It's called to personality. And you know it's crazy. I heard that, in li that Living Color and the Cult of Personality theme was actually remixed and released yesterday. Some of you guys have said that was a nod. Um, I'm going to have to listen to them side by side. I couldn't hear much of a difference tonight if it was a new remix or the old Cult of Personality. I'm a sucker for that theme song. Huge sucker. But I will tell you this. It does get me excited. I like that Punk walked out in... Tennis shoes, jeans, and a t-shirt, as you see here. I'm okay with that. I got mixed feelings on this. It's good for wrestling, though. I tell you that, because I'm going to be interested. We're going to be talking about it. Hell, I had to tweet about it, because I needed your guys' thoughts. I'm so mixed on my feelings on this. A lot of me doesn't care, but I also do kind of take the idea of, why not? What do we got to lose? Worst case scenario, we get something really, really cool. That's the best case scenario, right? I should say. Worst case scenario, it becomes irrelevant after WrestleMania. I think that leash is tight. I think it's short. Be interested to see where it goes. I'll be interested to see what the reaction is going to be outside of Chicago. They might have Punk back. I don't think he's going to be a hero. Let's get to the final thoughts. Alright guys, so final thoughts on here. Survivor Series. It was a bookend show, and what I mean by that, um, not the sense of storytelling, but we opened with the same kind of match we finished with. It's very tough to put two matches on your card that are the same, but I thought the WWE did a really good job making them different. The women's match was a great opener, kept the crowd hot, lots of weapons, more of a hardcore style war games. And then we ended with our main event, our storytelling of the mystery men. I do think that uh, CM Punk's return did 
kind of overshadow the Randy Orton return. That's a shame because I was like, we didn't really need that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It gives us stuff to talk about and we're definitely going to be talking about it all night. I'll probably be up until two in the morning talking about this stuff. But ultimately, Survivor Series, uh, it's good fun and entertaining. A lot of commercials tonight. I wasn't really liking that. A lot of commercials. I get you got to pay the bills. But guys, let's lighten it up a little. It's not Monday Night Raw. It's not public TV. These are meant to be something special. But at the end of the day, WWE did stuff for the main event to make it feel special enough. I will say, I do want to see in the future some mixture, right? I would like to see Survivor Series related matches. More the traditional sense. Along with a War Games. Maybe a Survive the Clock Challenge. Maybe Elimination Chamber. Let's mix it up a little every other year. Ultimately, I think Survivor Series, Surviving Wrestlers could gain access to the main event of the Elimination Chamber and War Games. So maybe, you know, you know, we talked about this a while ago on, uh, I believe it was a Twitter space, and I think it was Carlos that said, you know, why not let the winners of a traditional Survivor Series match get access to Elimination Chamber? Or even the War Games match itself. Let it mean something. Let them climb the ladder. Winners could receive, in my opinion, preferred drawing in numbers. So if you're the winning team of War Games, why not let that build to the Royal Rumble? I'll keep preaching that. Between 15, picks 15 and 30. That means you're guaranteed to draw within picks 15 and 30 if you won War Games this year. I think it'd be huge and it would give a lot of incentive for winning War Games and even getting to the War Games match. So have traditional matches, winners get to the War Games in the main event, so maybe you pull double duty that night, but then you're getting picks 15 through 30. You get to draw for the Royal Rumble top spots and increase your chance of becoming a world champion at WrestleMania. Also for fun, Sergeant Slaughter. Sarge, I want you to referee, special guest referee of War Games. I know you said you'd be up for it. I've tweeted at you. Um, I would love it. I, I just think Sergeant Slaughter refereeing War Games would be a fun aspect some year. Let's get that done. I'll keep preaching for that as well. Well, guys, those are all my results and thoughts. Thank you so much for enjoying wrestling with me. Thank you guys so much for answering my Twitter question about Punk tonight. I really needed you guys' perspective. I needed to see what the community felt. Thank you guys for being the best part of the community. And let's head out. Like, share, subscribe. It's not goodbye around here. It's just game over. <laughs>